Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday, miracle edition of the program. Merely Bo, the great Z. How you living, buddy? I'm good, man. Good. I made, a, I made an electric soup last night. Tell me about it. You want me to run it by? It's, it's, yeah. It was. It just kind of came on, to my, my mind. Pen. Let me get my pen. All right. So it was okay. a a Tuscan bean. I already like where you're at. And, Were you? Let and, me ask you. Yes, Bo. Were you inspired by White Lotus? In some ways, yes. Yeah. And I knew I had some kale in the house, and I was like, All right, I want to make a soup with kale, but I want it so Tuscan bean and kale goes very well sure. together. Yep. So I uh, I. Kind of just had that was like that was the starting point, and then I was like, all right, how do I make it like the way that I would want it to be, or to, that that everybody will enjoy it? And so, I got a uh, a pound of uh, hot Italian sausage. I like that. Brown that up in the pan first, chopped it all up into bits, got that out, uh, and then in went you know carrot, celery, onion, yep, garlic, uh, some fresh rosemary, and then I added some. Cremini mushrooms, also known as baby bellas. I like that. Into that mix, some, you know, salt, pepper, Italian seasoning, crushed reds. Got that going good. So then I had three cans of beans, two cannelloni and one great northern. Yep. Or white northern, whatever they're called. I took one of the cannellonis, dumped it into a blender. Oh, this is an interesting move out of you. I dumped. Blended that baby up. Just one of the beans, one can of the beans blended with. With whatever's in the can or did you. No, so drained, drained, washed. Beans in, beans and in. then a cup of chicken broth. Yeah, blended those that together, and that kind of added, made a little creaminess into the soup. Give you a nice bean soup. I like. That. Yeah, yeah. So then I put that in there, but then also regular chicken broth and chicken yeah. stock and yada yada yada, all that in there. Um, added back in the sausage, got that thing percolating real nice, and then I hand peeled a rotisserie chicken. I put that in with about all the meat of that in with about five minutes to go because it just needed to be warmed up really. Uh, And then you add your kale in and kale, mix it around. So it's a creamier. It's not a full cream soup because you only did a little bit of the. Yeah, and you don't have any dairy. And then the rest of the beans are in there. The other two cans of beans, obviously. You had no dairy. And then at the end, serve it, shave it with a little uh, fresh Parmesan on top. And it's a delight. You can squ- delight. You can squoze a lemon on it if you are so inclined. Yeah. I did not in this case. It was, it was good. People were people were digging it. I feel like they would be. I like everything. And it was in healthy. That. Do you go on the hot Italian sausage? Is that loose or do you? Where do you? Or do you get it too? I went loose. Loose. Heinen. So yeah. I've been. So I had done a lot of studying of this because I, for the longest time, would only use turkey Italian sausage because yep. I was. In my yeah. mind, it was so much better. It's actually not that much better. Not much of a difference. For you. As it turns out. Yeah. yeah. So, because I think part of it's got to be the preserve, all whatever. Yeah. But it turns out net-net not being really any better for you, and it certainly doesn't taste as good as a real. So, at, at Heinen's, they've got they've got a loose pound. Yeah, they always have it there. Oh, and it's, yeah, so I just start with that. It was great, man. The fresh rosemary adds a lot to it. Bunch of garlic in there. I always go heavy on garlic. I read a book once where this guy was talking about the best beef barley soup he ever had, and uh, he said he puts in his beef barley soup when he makes it 24 cloves of garlic, and he goes, they don't write poems about barley soup unless there's 24 cloves of garlic in it. That's so, incredible. Yeah, so which is a lot. I didn't go quite that heavy, but delicious, real treat. I like that. We all, like we that. all enjoyed it. I'm going to run it. that. I, they, I'll have to make an alternative for, for the boots but uh, and probably the beams. 
but NDC will like go after that. And then we put it over. You could you don't need anything with it because it's certainly hearty enough. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in there, but I put it over a little bit of the red lentil pasta, so it's just made oh, out yeah. of 100% out of lentils. You know, that way you get a little something to, to taste it with, and like but it. also keep it, you know, leaning on the scene. So that was good. I like what you did there. My back's feeling better, feeling good about that. Got the You're brace up. on. Hope I don't up. have it on there tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll be back to normal tomorrow. Back to full. I'm you. gonna take today off from working out, though. I feel like I think that's smart. <laughs> I think that's smart. <laughs> oh. There she is. Oh, Miss K with the lo- there she is. There she is. She loves it when we talk about her yeah. as she walks by. She loves nothing more. Pumped. Um I I wanted to run something by you, and this will be at the much of the chagrin of Gibby. Great. Um I'm watching LeBron last night against the Cavs. Okay. Always intrigued when he's here. Um and I did think it was really important that Donovan Mitchell played like that. What, while LeBron was playing for the opposing team. Now, Anthony Davis went out. The Lakers actually were playing really well up until this one. Um, they kind of boat race him in the fourth quarter, and they cruise out. Mitchell's a supernova, 43 points. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, they're awesome. They're a really good team. They can win the championship this year. But that's not what I'm talking about. They're fun. They are. The Cavaliers did something that I thought was is one of the smartest things that I've seen a professional sports team do, and it takes it takes a lot of – self-confidence, belief, and it takes a little bit of guts. But what they have done since LeBron left by honoring him, by doing the chalk toss, by having uh, the guy who does the announcement saying, we welcome back LeBron James, like all that type of stuff, they've allowed their fan base to continue to appreciate and love what LeBron James did for the fan base and for the organization while also moving on. Yeah, they, it's a big move. It's a big thinking move because if you saw last night in the videos of him doing the chalk toss, there's Cavs fans everywhere going nuts for it. When yeah. they played the video, they went nuts. They give him a standing ovation, and I know that you're anti this, but it allows for a fan base. His he's gonna have a statue in front of that place. He's gonna have his jersey retired, no doubt. He's the best player in the history of the franchise by a wide margin. Now yes. it helps that they've crushed all of this from draft, the Mitchell trade, all of it. Like, they're back good quicker than anybody thought or than most teams, frankly, ever get the opportunity to be. They're probably one of the best, five best-run organizations in all of the NBA. But because of the way they're handling this LeBron thing, their fan base isn't conflicted. They can appreciate and love what he did and also appreciate moving on. There were MVP chants for Donovan Mitchell last night, or appropriately so. He's a, He's ridiculous. It, I just rarely see professional sports teams take such a magnanimous approach to honoring a former player. When you are not able to let go of your resentment, when you are living with your anger, you don't heal and you're not able to be okay. The most powerful thing that you can do is to move on and to say, you know what, I appreciate the great times we had. We're not having them anymore. Yeah. It doesn't diminish how great they were in the moment. And so thank you. But we're also moving on and, and being productive in our own right without you. But we can still acknowledge very much what you did for us and how great that is. Yeah. And I think that is actual power and that is actual progress. And that's why the Cavs are probably doing as well. If they're still crying about LeBron, they're not getting anywhere. What'd you think? He's so mad. Let's start with this. <clears throat> I think that 
Zagura is the guy that growing up really did try to be friends with every girlfriend that he ever broke up with. Did you? I was largely indifferent, with um, one exception. Try to be friends? See, that's different. That's not what I'm saying. I, and, and no. <laughs> no. I mean, maybe a little bit. I think it's more of like a... It's more like a, a being able to move on than it is trying to I don't even think friendship. you can do it with like a... I don't think you can do it with like a romantic relationship. I, I don't think you can do it like that. I think you can do it more along the lines of... Is, I'm trying to think of... Because the entities... It's, this is what it is. The fans are the children. The fans are the children. The entities, the Cavs, ownership, LeBron can bicker and have ups and downs and all of those things. But the honoring of LeBron is let's get along for the children because it forces the kids not to have to choose one or the other. You can have both. Yep. It's a it's a really high high-minded approach that the Cavaliers have taken for their fans to allow for the joy of a championship for God's sakes, right? Yep allow for the joy of that and the appreciation of that while also appreciating what you're doing now without having to have mixed emotions. That's the intent, I think. And I just think it's really like high-minded. I get that he will be recognized. I get the statue. Renaming a street, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, if not the court for him. Be a lot. Um, yeah. But I think it's all in play. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see any more tribute videos. I know. Like if you want, it, you're the you other end of it. Do, you want to do what you do and whatever else. Stop with the tribute videos. Like we, great audience appreciates it. Now let's go kick his ass. That's fine. And that's what they. That's did, what though. they did. They did kick his ass. They smoked him. I mean, he, and they and you're right. They, they like, were playing well coming into the game. Oh yeah, Anthony they'd Davis won eight of eleven. Hurt them last night. Yeah, yeah. Totally but, different if Davis plays. I think I still think the Cavs are the better team. Correct. Clearly, I would agree. But Davis was playing at an M he was NBA Player of the Month. I mean, he'd been hey, he cruising. Was back. Yeah, he was back. I was like, "What's wrong with that guy?" You're like, "Oh, he's the MVP." Yeah, hey, just of give the month. it time. Yeah. He's going to get hurt because that's what he does. Well, it was flu or something? I don't know what it was last night, but I, I just think it's a really cool thing that they did uh, to be able to thread the, the needle. Videos. Like, I understand. It's over with. Like, yeah. it, Great. Did you give, see the reaction, though, to the fans it, to it? They it. loved if it. If you want to embrace him when he's being loved introduced it. and he does his little smoke show, great. Yeah. But, uh, like, in once the game starts, you shouldn't be. I think that's what they did, though, Gibby, don't you think? I don't know when that video aired. It I'll be Before. Honest. It was so they, before? Yeah. They, yeah. they welcomed him back. I did not yeah. watch it last Yeah. Night. By the way, it it's also. Great. There's Mitchell also. I know. I saw the highlights. but What? Amazing fourth quarter. To your analogy. Yeah. When you expect, if you're expecting things to be hostile and then they're nice, it kind of throws you off your game anyway. And so yeah. it's like LeBron's like, oh, yeah, this was great. So now he's not even thinking about it. He's like, man, it was great here. This was awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think it's some good gamesmanship too. I think it's every every aspect of it is smart. That. I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know. It, it struck me as uh, it's rare, I think, in today's day and age. You still quit on us. It's fine. Well, I want to win you a championship. So, so. Well, you know. um, we've How got many, guys back in the building today. Go ahead. How many championships have, have you experienced from Cleveland sports teams in your lifetime, Gibbe? One. Mm-hmm. And, who, who and then was... he quit. Mm-hmm. That's like saying, hey, this, I had this one boss who gave me uh, a $10 million bonus, and then he fired me. 
Well, you got the ten million. You've got it. It's yours. It's yours. What no. you do with it is up to you. That's right. But you got you did. You get still the would, bonus. you still would be grateful. You're very grateful of the bonus. That thanks. I'm glad he did that. It's changed, changed my, my life. life forever. Really? Yeah. Surely. We have some roster updates for you this morning. Reggie Ragland comes in. Uh, he has been signed as we officially, sadly, play Sione Takitaki on IR. We Ugh. knew that was coming. It just sucks to read it. Ragland is in his seventh season out of Bama, originally a second-round pick in Buffalo in 16. He appeared in 75 games, 47 starts, 276 tackles, three-and-a-half sacks. He appeared in all seven games with the Giants in 2021. Practice squad earlier this year with the Raiders. Um, I'm pretty sure he was one of those guys – who is huge at linebacker, right? Isn't he bigly? He was one of those guys. That they had a diet of those guys. In that, that like, run of Alabama linebackers that were, were all supposed to be amazing, big. but never really no. became amazing in the NFL. He was one of those guys who, so 16, I'm pretty sure he's a thumper. I'm pretty sure when you um, when you looked at 6'2", 250. Yeah. So he was kind of the end of the line for them. That there was a run of high tower. Yes. There was a ton of those guys from 09 to 15, 16, where Alabama just had big hulking linebackers who would smack you in the mouth. And then John Football happened and Ohio State happened and Deshaun Watson happened. And they realized that with really athletic spread out teams, those guys couldn't run. And so they recruited in a different way from that point going forward. But up until he was one of the last of those guys that was the big physical stand-up linebackers. But then they started recruiting out of it when the sport changed. You mentioned Sean Watson, and that popped something in my mind that I sure. wanted to bring up today. So I was doing some research, getting ready for this game. Biggie, biggie. So Deshaun Watson's played 54 games in his career. All right. Okay. Of those 54 games, so this would be his, this is his now, what, his fifth season? This is his fifth season. 54 games, 55 games, 54 okay. starts. Okay. Three of the five lowest quarterback-rated games of his career okay. were the first games of the season. Is that so? One of the other ones of the five lowest, number four in there of the five lowest, was the second game of a season. His best-rated game ever in the opening game of a season was in the 40s out of 54. Okay. So maybe he's just not a fast starter, period. Maybe not. A f Clearly, the data would suggest that that is the case, juxtaposed with 700 days between games, perhaps even more. Right. So yeah. this could be it, – it, there is a historic trend. He's never had a great week one game ever. Yeah. But that is – he only gets better. And to have three of your five lowest-rated games of your career all be the first time you've played in a season – and for the other two to be in the bottom, you know, of your 15 games ever. So, like, your 40 best games all happened not in the first game of the season. There's something to that. That is, it yeah. feels to me like that is something. So, you consider that rust and even more rusty. Um, we'll see. Now, week one of his rookie season, second game of his career is week two at Cincinnati. He did win that game 13-9 to nine, uh, over the Bengals. Not exactly a dynamite passing performance, but... That's something that maybe is just part of Deshaun Watson, and so that's under normal circumstances. Mm -hmm. So it could even be to expect him all of a sudden week two to go bonkers. His week twos were not that great either, by the way. That maybe this is going to take a little longer than we would like, and we're going to have to you know, hope that he is better and that our defense continues to play well. Our defense, you know, last time season low 13 points. We played very well against this, this Burrow-led team. 29 points total in the last two games against Joe Burrow. 
but I, I thought that that was kind of an interesting thing when I went through all of his his career game logs. That is that yeah, that's more than a trend. That's I mean, I guess it's exactly what it is. It is a trend. It, there's there's pretty good data to, to back all of that up. Yeah. Um, the, the interesting thing about um, you know this matchup, um, we'll get into it as as we go along today and over the course of the week, is if you go back to, um, you know, if you think about where the Bengals were coming into that game, so they lose Jamar Chase in the previous game. He doesn't play against us last time out. Uh, they lose Awuzie in the game, who they they felt like that was a death knell for them. Uh, because he was playing lights out, so he goes down. So it's Eli Apple and a rookie at corner for them. Like their defense is kind of patchwork together. What what they've done? There's a lot of scrap heap to it, but they're playing really well as a unit. Um, but the the point I was going to get back to on the Deshaun part of it is is you know he this is the beauty of him signing here. And my guess is if you if if there ever is a long form interview about it, that's really just about his decision and not the off-field stuff and, and what led him to this decision, I'm guessing part of it was this is a really good supporting cast. Yep. He doesn't need to be superhuman yep. to win here every time out. He doesn't have to carry this team. Uh, the Jacoby Brissett approach was plenty good enough for our record to be inverted right now at 7-5 and five versus 5-7. and seven. So he doesn't have to be Mahomes, Burrow, Allen every week. He will be down the road because that's who he is. But in terms of right now, it's not required, even against a team like Cincinnati. No, it's wild. And and this team, the Cincinnati, how about this? Cincinnati has not allowed a 300-yard passer this year. Yeah. Not one. The Browns were the only team over 400 yards or 30 points against them this season. Nick Chubb is the last player to run for 100 yards against them this season. It's unbelievable. And the only. Hmm. Amari Cooper is the last receiver to have more than 100 yards against them this year. The only other was Tyreek Hill, mm -hmm. and that was early in the season. Yep. That's it. They are playing, to your point, good defense. and, and Team, though. Team defense. The only quarterback, this is an amazing one, one quarterback all year has thrown two passing touchdowns against them. Just one. Can you name them? Can you take a... a they played Steelers, Cowboys, Jets, Dolphins, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, the, Browns, Panthers, it, Steelers, Titans, Chiefs. Mitch? Did Mitch get two in the opener? Baker Mayfield. S Baker did. Week nine, two touchdowns uh, in in relief in the game. Remember, they got blown oh, yeah, they out. Blown out. Yeah. And he came in in relief with P.J. Walker in the second half and, and threw two touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think the most impressive thing that they've done defensively is what they've done the last two weeks. Like, they suffocated Derrick Henry and the Titans' run game. Then the next week, they held Mahomes in check. You can't get more diversified than those two offenses back-to-back, -back, and they've nope. proven to be able to do it. Um, so, yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week for the punt return touchdown last week. Good job out of him. Did you see the hoodie he was wearing today? You Matter. You Matter University? Yeah. I asked Fantastic. him, I said, is that like from... Where do we get that? I said, is, is that, that a Bernie, Bernie, Bernie right? No, he said no. It's not? Not. Crazy. I asked him that directly. Yeah. I'm glad I know that. I was going to ask Bernie if he could throw some hoodies with the U Matter. I did, I thought for sure that those were, were Bernie's. But that's the University of Miami thing, right? That's the U Matter. Yeah. Go, that's the idea. 
Um, be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Brown season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. We will go around the NFL. You'll hear from Coach Stefanski. We've got Bernie joining us. Is today a guest the Lions day? Is that today or is that Thursday? Tomorrow. Thursday. Tomorrow. I span the day. Okay, one more day. One more I day can't wait. Come well, on. We love guest well, well, don't forget, like, Thanksgiving threw a wrinkle into it. it we had to move some things around. All right. So uh, there you go. So we got uh, – so that will be tomorrow on the program. We'll go around the league coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And the Bath Authority gives you the bathroom of your dreams, guys. They can do it for you in about a day. Your current bathroom transforms into a spa-like experience. Let the Bath Authority completely change your life in the wet area in your bathroom. Make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert and factory trained installers. Give them a call now at 216-220-8399. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. You can check them out online at bathauthority.com. Simply put, it's where affordability meets quality. An enormous selection of bath projects. You need tub-to-shower conversions. They're going to have those for you. They've got acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in perfect for this time of year. Superior products and expert installers at thebathauthority.com, 216-220-8399 on that. The, the real key to his Chucka game, as, as you so eloquently put it, that is exactly what they are, but it's a different. It's a higher level of Chucka. Yeah, um, it's more of a, a medium top. Ends in a vowel, no doubt. Yeah, or ends in a vowel for sure. Um, the the real key to it, I think, though, is that he get he really crushes the tailor of the pant to the top of the chucka. Because the hard thing that I've got some chuckas, and the problem sure. is if the pant leg won't go over the chucka, you've got bunching, which you don't want. Yep. If the chucka is too high, that can happen as well. If it's too girthy, a chucka. Yeah. No win. No win. He's he's mastered it. He's mastered quite a few things. Quite a few. I've never seen a gray suede chucka either. No, that's just, stunning. That's electric. Yeah, with with what he had going on. It looked like he had on the burgundy coat. Was that a burgundy coat he had on, with a gray pant? I thought it might have been of the blue family. It looked like a deep blue. It's harder one. for me. I have all these lights. You have all the glare because of all these studio cameras we have. We have all these lights a, that are flashing. This is not a warm light. No. Not a soft. And light. you have the orange out there. Yeah, right, no, let's see it's what definitely it's a blue. It's a blue, it's a blue. with I mean, a tan and a, a nice tan and gray. nice gray. Yeah, look at that. Look at just, Look at how finely tailored the coat is as it's well. It's perfectly to Everything is, it's of course. Yeah. He's got the beard going this time of year, which I always appreciate yeah, and enjoy. Love that. Love yeah, that. It's very, very good. Um, this is not – who was the um, who was the woman who was running for governor of Arizona? Oh, never mind. Here's Coach. Let's do that instead. What's at stake? Uh, we understand uh, the magnitude of the game, all those type of things. But really for us, what we do is we, we lock in on the opponent. We lock in on the game plan. We focus on Wednesday, so that's really where we are today, trying to make sure we have a really good day of preparation. Uh, this is a team that we know well. They know us well. All those things when you talk about division opponents. Really well coached, great players across that roster. So we, uh, we have to be about our business if you want to try and win on the road against a really good football team. So with that, I'll take any questions. Kevin, when you talk about the, knowing the magnitude of the game, how do you balance that with where Deshaun is right now? And would you consider doing anything, including removing him, 
just to win the game. No, we're going down there to, to win a football game, Tony. That is our, our focus. Uh, Deshaun's our quarterback, so uh, we're focused on having a really good day of practice today and then, you know, having a great day on Sunday. But that's where our focus is. Realistically, how long do you think it might take for him to get to the level he was at in, in 2020 and 2019? What's a reasonable expectation for that? Yeah, I don't know if I could put, you know, a time frame on that type of thing, Jake. I just I, I know he's working very hard. He's locked in on the game plan, working hard at a practice. So uh, like I mentioned to you guys before, I think there were things that come up in your first game back that that you have to just correct. And I think all those things are what we're working on uh, Monday, you know, day after the game, and then into today uh, as well. Can you tell, Kevin, if he's putting more pressure on himself? Because uh, there are a lot of expectations of him. I don't think so. I, I think Deshaun uh, understands the role he plays for us and in, in, in our offense on our team. I think he really narrows his focus to make sure that he's ready to go on Sunday. He talks about throwing with anticipation. Is that harder to do when you haven't played in so long and it's a new system? Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly game reps help when you're talking about anticipation anticipation and and but i'd say all types of throws and all types of plays uh game reps will continue to help but uh he's he's very comfortable with what we're doing uh so uh, again uh focus for him for our offense for our team is having a really good wednesday when you look at joe burrow what makes him special yeah he uh extremely accurate makes great decisions with the football very athletic uh, can make every throw, you know, runs their offense really well. I think they do a great job. Uh, Coach Taylor, Coach Callahan, what they're trying to do with him and that entire offense, I think they do a really nice job. And he's just very talented, can make plays uh, within the framework of the offense, can make plays off schedule. Really, really good player. Some of your best defensive games against him. Any idea as to, as to why? Is it a matchup thing? Is it... You think that is? Yeah, you know, you don't pick up where you left off. You don't start this game where the last game ended. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, they're going to have their guys ready to go. We have to have our guys ready to go. How unique is it, I guess, in these division matchups where there's so much familiarity and that, you know, the counter moves that, that you have yeah. to make? How hard is I mean, that? It's, it's really interesting because when you have schemes that have stayed in place over the last three seasons, you really can go back. And look at three years ago, and, and there is the element of we've done this, they've done that. You know, does it show up in this game? You, you really don't know. So you try and be prepared. Uh, you have more tape to go back and look at. Uh, you know, you can look at your s schemes against certain of their schemes, but who's to say that either side doesn't have a change up this week type of thing? And so the season, can an offense change up enough? Uh, to try to cross up a defense, or is it a little bit late to be trying to reinvent the wheel here? Uh, I think, I, I really think, week in and week out, Mary Kay, you're trying to uh, add elements to either your offense or your defense that the other side hasn't seen, uh, and that's definitely something that we've tried to do over the course of time. Uh, sometimes it's small, and, and you may not notice it. Sometimes there's big changes, whether it's personnel or schematic or, or those type of things that are readily apparent. But I really do think week in and week out, you're going to get something different from the opposing team. And they're usually a, they're kind of a classic drop-back team that you guys seem to match up well against. Um, 
but when Joe Burrow is, you know, 0 4, is it is it time to sort of throw some of that out the window and try something drastically different? From their perspective, yeah, I, I think they're playing at a really high level. Their offense is playing at a very high level. Um, they have talented players. They have a really good scheme. So you always anticipate to see some wrinkles of what they do. Uh, so I, I would anticipate that in this game. But I don't know that they depart far from what they're doing offensively. They're a very, very good offense. Look, uh, you know, is he here? Is he going to practice? And what, what do you expect to get out of him? Yeah, it, obviously Reggie just got here, so we'll see uh, where he is from a mental standpoint. He's spending a lot of time, extra time, with Coach Tarver, Coach Bloom to get up to speed with what we're doing defensively, and then we'll see how far along he comes this week. So, um, so Burrow just came off of that game, beating the homes for the third time in a row, and every one of them have been big games, and some people think the Bengals are in. Mahomes' head. You think the Browns are in Burrow's head after four? No. Uh, again, he's a really, really good football player. Uh, I have a ton of respect for him, for, for Coach Taylor, that, that team. Uh, they're coming off the Super Bowl, so uh, they, I know, will have uh, – they'll be ready to go Sunday. We have to be ready to go Sunday. Yeah. Have you noticed an improvement out of their, out of their uh, protection? Because, I mean, you got to – Joe five times that first game, but it seems like they've done a better job of protecting him the last. Uh, yeah, I think he's been sacked four times in the last four games. I think after our game, uh, get the ball comes out very very quick, uh, which I think helps protection. Uh, I'm sure they're doing a little bit better job, obviously with schematics or, or what have you. But uh, they can get the ball out of their hand quickly because they have really good players uh, on the perimeter. They can get the ball in the hands of of any one of those receivers. They got a couple good running backs, so. Um, they do a nice job getting the ball out. Kevin, are you a believer that turnovers come in bunches? Uh, I don't. I've certainly I've seen that in games. I can think back to a few games that we've had where they do. I have no idea if the numbers back that up or not. Um, I'd love for them to come in bunches. I'm all for it. How does their offense change with uh, Chase back in? As opposed to when you first played, when you played. Yeah, I think you have to see. As, you know, I think that was his last game back. This previous one. So, see as they they're working him in. If his workload increases considerably, I think we just got to see. But he's dynamic. I mean, anytime he touches it, he can go. He can catch a slant. He can catch a go ball. They can throw him a wide receiver screen. He can he can do it all. Uh, and he's very very explosive. Do you have a sense of confidence given that your secondary seems like it's it's full strength for? One of the few times this year. Yeah, I mean, we just we have to play good football on on Sunday. Who's ever out there? You got to play good football against a really good team. I mean, that's that's the challenge. And what's it like game planning for them? I guess in the the running aspect, because they're waiting for Joe Mixon to see if he's going to play. But it seems like they've been running the ball more the last few weeks, especially. Yeah, I'd expect we would expect him to play. Uh, you know, they have multiple running backs that, that they can throw at you. They they all run hard. They run downhill. Uh, we expect them to run the football uh, that's part of you know their formula in their wins they're, they're still running the ball a good bit while throwing it so uh, it, it's going to be a challenge because you, you got to you have a very very good pass attack and they can definitely hurt you in the run game they have really sound schemes they, they block them up and they have good running backs so it's that's the again the challenge of facing a very very good offense conditioning standpoint and a rusty standpoint do you feel confident calling as many runs for Deshaun as you normally would midway through a different season? Yeah, I, I think 
first game back for Deshaun, that you know, like any of us, there, there's a football game shape that you can certainly feel in the first one. I think he felt good post game, but it's it's a lot when you're uh, getting through that first game. So we'll see how how it goes. You know, game plans change week to week. Sometimes it's it'll call for him to run a lot. Sometimes it'll call for him not to run at all. So it really depends on the game.
and paid a bigger price to win it than they did. Agreed, but they did. They did do it again. Like, imagine it. had no, they lost. For sure, I just think the one thing that's really unique. Oh, oh my God, they'd be panned forever if they didn't win it. Like there was no margin for error. They had to win it. Um, it's just for most places where you would leverage everything to win a Super Bowl. In my head, it feels like it would be places who have never won one, but who have great long-standing fan bases. They did it to try to embolden a fan base, create a fan base, kickstart a fan base. Yeah. And they won it, and there's nothing. It's like they, they won the Super Bowl, but aside from the guys on the team getting the rings and all of that, which is all that matters, now it's there's over. no carryover. It's over. Because there isn't a fan base that's been there forever waiting for it. it it's the Marlins in uh, I agree. 97. I agree with you. Spent all the money, and yeah. yeah, you won. And the organization won, the franchise won, and a year later, no one cared. No, and they did that twice. Yeah, but you still lived it. You still had the as ride. a player for sure. Yeah. But I, it, I, it, it's, I think it's really had no. I think what they were hoping to do wasn't just what they were hoping to do is the Super Bowl would lead to Rams fever. Yeah, and it didn't. No. And there's, it well, doesn't feel like it's sustainable. They couldn't back it up at all this no. week. I mean, it was they just... had all these injuries and all these things started to stack. The running, the line, offensive line situation wasn't there. So now who knows? Feels like they'll lose McVay. I don't know why he would stick around for this. There's no real path. I feel like he's going to leave. Yeah. Donald's going to retire. They should try and trade Stafford if he still wants to play. Of course. And see what we could get back for him. What do you think of uh, number 17? Is there a reason? Is there some tie to that or just random? Seven minus one is six. That was the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I have no idea if there was that. I remember there was the building the Browns when he was first drafted. He was he was trying to almost seem like he was trying to decide what to wear, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll go with six. So like it wasn't like he was, yeah, locked. I don't know. So the Niners um, did not put in a claim for him, which is certainly interesting. A lot of people made note of that, given that they were the team that seemed sure. most likely to need him. Um, but perhaps we know what, now right. know why. Yes, as you're about go ahead tell the people. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo's foot injury will not require surgery, leaving room for potential return during the playoffs. But they still that's still during the playoffs. It's like that's, seven weeks. That's not, so there's five weeks less to the season. Yep. It would be a wild card-ish. My guess is this will be newsworthy if he could play in their first-round game. And then the question would be if this Brock Purdy is doing a Tom Brady and playing well and they are winning in the playoffs, yeah. do you make a switch at that point in the playoffs? I would probably not. My hunch is they would not, but then would have a quick leash. Yeah. If he's overwhelmed early, then you would go back to Garoppolo. Yeah. But um, my bet would be, if I were betting, if I were to look into a crystal ball, Ooh, I, like I would say that they're playing this Sunday their quarterback next year. So they play the Bucks. That's right. I think 12s I in, think that's right. in golden red next season. Which would be awesome. And shutting it down. That's the end of it. Closes it out one season. They're loaded up, loaded defensively. Yeah. All the weapons in the world, all of it. Scheme would be a tremendous fit. He would do all of the things that Kyle wants out of a quarterback, except for the mobility part. But uh, to me, that seems like that's feels like a lock that he does that. There was all that momentum a couple of years last year at the combine anyway. That's where everybody thought. Miami. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I to me, that's the way that that seems. Uh, a little bit there. But the Garoppolo thing, I think, gives them a little bit of hope that he could come back and yes. give them some insurance. They're going to make the postseason anyway. I mean, there's starting to be it some separation in the NFC. Yep. And, uh, I mean, their schedule's not that ambitious either. 
the rest of the way down the stretch. I mentioned Tampa Bay this week. It's not crazy. The rest of the way, I think they close with Arizona. Are you guys watching the Hard Knocks Arizona in season? I I have not seen it. I watched yeah. one when my dad was in town. That was it. That was it. I don't think they've done a really great job promoting it. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, the only way you're going to get it promoted to you is if you're on HBO because it's an HBO product. So if yeah. you're on H- the Ch- HBO channel or HBO Max. But, I- but, like, last year, like, HBO, they were they were running stuff yeah, in games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then during the week they would release some good stuff that didn't make the th- you know that didn't make the actual show. And I had, I don't recall seeing a lot of that here this year. I don't either. I've heard that it's good and it explains a lot of what's going on there with the way Kingsbury goes about his business and the way Kyler does. Someone needs to. Yeah. But I also think that we're not thirsting for it like we are in August. You yeah. Know? In August we want anything football. We'll watch any of it. Yes, yeah, all of it. it's right. It's new. It's fresh. We want anything, and I think now this time of year, it's kind of we I'm want good. the games we got and a lot. the results. Yeah, and they're not even interesting. No, no. Other than if you want to watch the Titanic, because it feels like that's what they yeah. are. Um, Sean McDermott announcing Von Miller underweight surgery for ACL. He'll miss the rest of the season. We knew that. I don't know why he had to announce it. No, 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 no. Known, we right? didn't like, know that. We did not know that. It we was didn't like know. some. Well, he, he we wasn't going to go on IR. No, he no. was only out for four to six games. At first, he wasn't going on IR. Then they put him on IR, and but it was in like the immediate a, aftermath wasn't like, oh, he's done. That's, that's what, what people it's... thought from the video. But then but they, then they, said, they no, said, no, it's like actually a, a I don't know if it was an, a lateral like an collateral MRI. ligament. It wasn't really? an ACL. So then they thought he would for sure be back, and now all of a sudden he's having ACL. So I wonder if in his PT or rehab he tore his ACL fully. Know? Yeah, maybe. It feels like it. I mean, wow. he didn't. In have my head, ACL. I thought he had catastrophic the time it no. happened. I thought it was done. No. Yeah, it was a. Uh, what what exactly was it? Because it was something he. The question was going to be could he could he play through it? Yeah. And so, had further evaluations on his injury. A procedure was done after the surgery was completed. Doctors determined he'd actually had torn the ACL. Okay. Hmm. Okay. There yeah. you go. Um, Davis Mills will go back to starting in Houston. If you're Houston, you just got to make sure you go one, what is it, one fifteen and one. That's they're going be, to do And they got to make sure they're doing I mean, that. he can't be worse than Brandon Allen. Kyle Allen. Kyle right? Allen. Yeah, he's as bad as can be. Yeah. The, um, Brandon Allen's the backup for the Bengals. Yeah. The, uh, the Allen bros. It's not going to make a difference. Still no, no, no. They're the no. worst team in the league by a wide margin, so they're going to get you know they're going to get what they intended to get, which yeah. is pick their pick of the quarterbacks um, going forward. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So the Cowboys leaking concerns about his knee. I saw this from Ed Werder yesterday as well. Yeah, Th- this is getting some traction because the the wonder is, did Dallas violate some kind of HIPAA? Because you didn't hear anything. The Giants gave him a physical. Sure, the Bills gave him a physical, and then all of a sudden the Dallas gives him a physical, and it comes out well that knee's not great. I'm naive. I'll acknowledge it on what is a HIPAA violation and what isn't. But one thing that I'm curious about is, is can you can it be a HIPAA violation if you are not an employee of the institution that is doing the examination? I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean you hear that a lot with college players. Like you know, they won't, they can't really give details on injuries because of HIPAA violations. We see that sometimes here too. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was all this talk of, well, they could still want to do something with him by 2023 and have him in Dallas. It was interesting how he basically took like a recruiting trip everywhere and like 
was quite public about all the trips. And nobody wanted him. No. No. Because I don't think he's no, ready. No, but, he's I mean, healthy. again, he's... He got hurt in the Super Bowl. That's mid-February. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're not – it's just now coming up on nine months. Yeah. I mean, that's nine yeah. months, ten, ten months? Ten months, ten. Yeah. But it's, it's you're right, it's not, not a year, no. Yeah. And it's back – it's two of them in back-to-back years. It's two knees right. back-to-back. So, and, you know, we saw that even when he – I'll never forget being outside that June when he was running routes and we were like, What? What are you? It what is crazy. this? Yeah. Nuts! To see he could do it, but then when he got back to games with us, you could tell that he wasn't. He did not have the explosiveness. Not necessarily straight line. It was the start stop that he had early in his career that had slipped, and he was, you know, all that's. I don't blame him. Like it's human nature, you know, quick to try to get out of bounds, tricked, quick to try and get down those type of things. You just can't. The body can't take all of that no. and expect there to be no concern. It's. I think he could have helped them. A great deal had he had he been able to play. I think that one more dude there would be a game changer. For Going him. back to the Bills yeah. real quick, like yeah, right. do, do you drop them in your rankings? Do yeah, you, I mean, how far how far do you fall? I mean, you it's, still have to Allen. me. It's Kansas City, Cincy, one two. Those are the two to beat in the AFC, and then Bills. I mean, Allen sort of had a ton of turnovers this year. Defensively, he's they, not played what great. No, I mean. He's still superb, but Correct. he's he's had a ton of turnovers, and defensively, like it feels like if you could just kind of bully them a little bit, they're they're fast, but they're not big. They play almost entirely nickel, as we know. Feels like there's an opportunity there for somebody. I good linebackers, good up front, very on, good yeah. across the line. But losing Von Miller, I think, is a big blow to that team. Big, and their secondary's been decimated by injury yeah. all year long. Yeah, I still think the Eagles are very good. I'm I just think saying I, AFC. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's definitely the AFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, I'm. I wanted to see more from the Eagles. I've seen enough. Like I'm, I'm. They're they're a full day. They got to. You got to do it in the postseason. But really, everything in the NFC is that now that Garoppolo's hurt. It's going to be Cousins in the postseason, Dak in the postseason, and Hurts in the postseason. None of the frontrunners in the NFC have done it. So it's going to be fresh face by the time you get to the Super Bowl, one way or another. OBM, the official printer partner of your Cleveland Browns. Will you depend on the Browns to win? You can always depend on OBM. They'll take any size office at 216-485-2000 or ohiobusinessmachines.com. The great Bernie Kozar joining us coming up next. You'll see Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And Rumpke Waste Recycling is family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer, as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Let's head on the hotline for a visit with our great friend, the Browns legend, Bernie Kozar, joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline. Brought to you by Twisted Tea, hard iced tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Bernie, thanks for the time. You know, um, maybe we, and I'm speaking, I guess me, I guess I was naive, or maybe hopeful, I don't know. Uh, you thought maybe 700 days of rust would get knocked off a little quicker, but the reality was our guy Deshaun looked a little bit rusty, and it, it was probably to be expected. As you watched him on Sunday, what did you think 
what jumped out to you? As is there anything that was a concern, or was this just, hey, look, guys, this guy hasn't played a competitive game in seven hundred days? Well, hello, Nathan Gibby. Great to be with you. It's great to be talking about these type of issues post the W like yep. that. It's great to be able to to learn and grab experience when you're winning. Life in the NFL is so much more torturous, as we know, if you're trying to gain experience and learn and answer those questions coming off an L and stuff. So um, at this time of the year, in the month of December, the great Marty Schottenheimer, Jimmy Johnson, always used to say, really doesn't matter what it looks like, it's just getting the W. So that in itself, it's fun to actually answer that question after winning like that. Um you're not um, – I don't think you're being unrealistic, Bo, when we talk about the 700 days of, of, of wanting to see um, uh, good offense and, and that type stuff. But really I think it's that, that it was more of a hopeful um, anticipation for us. But from a reality standpoint, um, the, the, to, to come out and play NFL quarterback at that top-tier level after not playing for 700 days – is really unrealistic, and what I kind of jumped out at me, and really what I, I have in my head for this week, and I really hope makes a, uh, and it will make a, a a progress this week. But the amount of progress needed to have your feet underneath you, have the way your feet kind of correlate with your throws and your thinking. Um, you know, we had a situation with Jacoby Brissett um, about three or four games ago where he had said um, against the L.A. Chargers, he threw that pick running to the right, and then a week or two later, he's rolling to his left, and he said he had a flashback of the Chargers game, and he the game had slowed down so much for him that he was able to process that play, learn from it, and then not make the mistake and evolve, and then run it in for a score. And he had said, Again, the game had slowed down for him. And some people had said that was a negative and that, oh, my God, he has a bad seed planted, a demon in his head. And I actually, we had talked about on the show, that that actually was a massively positive sign because, uh, like myself, when I knew I was starting to play good, when Jacoby started playing at that really uh, another another next level, the game slows down for you. What I saw for Deshaun, and it's natural for all of us early in season, early in preseason, is the game was really fast for him out there this past Sunday. And, you know, making decisions, making your reads, making your checks um, in in the quarterback room is one thing. Making it in practice is another thing. But, unfortunately, the position of NFL quarterback, the only real simulation to it is game live experience because yes practice and it helps some but you're not live in practice and when you mentally know that you get crushed i say this as a joke lots but when you have the threat of death when you have the threat of getting crushed by a defensive lineman in the pocket upon you you think differently your mind reacts differently your feet and body and your throws are different and that more experience you get with that, the more timing you get with that, the better it is to be successful. And it was, uh, it was kind, of, it was clear this past Sunday. Deshaun needs more of those reps. He's going to get more talking with the great Bernie Kozar. Bernie, you mentioned his feet, and I was kind of struck watching it that 
It felt like there was inconsistency in the speed of his drops, in the depth of his drops, and that, I would imagine, would affect your rhythm, your timing, and your ability to deliver the ball accurately. What did you see from his drops and the variance in them, and what did that tell you, and how do we fix that? Well, Nathan, it's a, it's a real astute um, um, coaching point and, and analysis there. And, and to have inconsistency in your drops, inconsistency in your footwork, and this is not an endeavor. This is so expected and natural when you're not playing and you haven't got the, the game live reps like that, that you're going to be inconsistent in your drops. And mainly that, that, that happens, I believe, at least it happened with me because of mentally so much is going on within my head and I'm trying to process so much from a mental side of it and then trying to read and react to the mental side of it, to what the defense is actually doing that subtle things that really you should be able to do in your sleep, like your footwork and your drop, become inconsistent because mentally you have so many other things going on and you haven't had time to process all of that and execute it from a mental and physical side because a lot of the throws are 1.7 to 2.2 second throws on those three and five step drops and that, that, that amount of process and mental stuff that's got to go through in that 1.7 seconds to execute a physical play seamlessly at an NFL level, um, it's easier said than done, and, and we need more work at that right now. And Unfortunately, um, the Cincinnati Bengals are starting to play <laughs> at the wrong time. The Cincinnati Bengals are getting healthy and starting to play at the level they were playing at, at this time last year. And that's the tricky part, right? Because this is, you know, this is every game we play is the most important game we play because we got to win every game to have a chance. Uh, if you look at our schedule, big picture, this is the most challenging one for sure in terms of this is a team that can absolutely win the Super Bowl. They just proved that beating Kansas City last week. They were in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, they're healthy. They're pretty loaded. From Kevin Stefanski's point of view, because we've had success against this Bengals team the last few times we've played them, you don't need superhuman Deshaun necessarily to beat him it'd be nice if he had him but it's probably unrealistic to think that you will what can you do Sunday to build confidence while also understanding that this is where we are in the season that this is a must-win situation build confidence into Sean what will you be looking for Bernie early to let you know that this thing's heading in the right direction Sunday and for the rest of the year Okay, so I got a couple really great points. I hope great points for that great question there. Um, and, and there's really a couple of points. One, from the Deshaun perspective of it, is he rushed the ball. He, he rushed the ball seven times for 21 yards the other day, threw the ball mm -hmm. 12 times, 20, uh, 12 for 2,231 yards. His rushes weren't really towards a little bit towards the second half and stuff. And with his amazing athleticism, I actually think early using stuff with his legs and feet from the running perspective um, may give him a chance to get assimilated into the game and get his feet wet and get productive plays early. So um, last week, or la yeah, last Sunday, um, some of the throws in the, early in the game were mostly drop back, read, make the throws, and execute them. We struggled with with that. So 
maybe using plays that get him outside the pocket or just flat out run the ball with him so that he almost like what we tried to do a couple times with Anthony Schwartz of give him the ball to run and give him a positive play, something that we know he could do is, is one thing I'd absolutely kind of look at early. And then also it's really imperative, and I love the second game against our division rivals in the season. We played them once already. They'll, they're going to look at that film. We're looking at that film. There was real massive keys in that first game, especially from um, the way um, our, our our defense played against the great Joe Burrow and their awesome wide receivers and stuff. Uh, Joe Woods has been under you know a lot of criticism throughout the season. The defensive performance last week was obviously top tier and stuff. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals struggled against our Browns defense the last game. We did some unique creative matchups, I thought, on third and two, third and three, third and four, third and five against the Bengals last time where we were playing two deep, five under man coverage and got some really good uh, incompletions and plays on that to get, get the Bengals to not continue their drives and stuff. Rest assured, the Bengals will watch that. What's the adjustments to to those type of plays that they weren't successful for in the first game that we had success for? That chess match comes into play this game. Um, and with uh, um, uh, their three receivers and Joe Burrow, and like that, how are we going to be able to cover them? Vice versa um, with Deshaun and what we were talking about, about getting his feet wet maybe by running the ball early. The Bengals' defense, unfortunately, with Lou Anarumo, um, has been playing at a really good level, too. So they're a solid defense that, as um, against Patrick Mahomes, did a, did a drop eight defense. Rush three, spy a defensive lineman or linebacker on Patrick Mahomes, then drop seven. I would probably anticipate some variation of that coverage of the Browns because Patrick Mahomes and his ability to run and create, I think that you could draw a similar uh, symmetry between him and Deshaun. So I think their coach could implement some of that same scheme where where you're only rushing three, spying a guy on Deshaun and then covering with seven. So um, appropriately when Kevin Stefanski kind of would um, – scripts his first 15 plays maybe he's done an amazing job offensive staff of scripting plays and anticipating what the chess match move of the opposing defense is going to be against him those are the type of things I'd be looking for at the start of the game this Sunday and I think one part of that chess match you mentioned you know rushing three dropping eight having light boxes this is a defense of the Bengals that is very opponent-specific. Two weeks ago, they played Tennessee. They loaded up with a heavy box on 77% of the snaps. Last week against Kansas City, they're worried about the pass. They loaded the box just 30% of the time. So the Browns are probably somewhere in the middle of that, right? And so it's going to be a question of when do you catch them trying to stop Nick Chubb, who has been so good in his last three full games against them. He's had more than 100 yards and two or more touchdowns. All Browns wins versus Deshaun and then trying to, as you said, spy him, keep him in the pocket, not let him make plays with the legs. How do you kind of see that chess match going? It feels to me, based on what we saw, Bernie, that 
they're going to be worried about Nick Chubb first and foremost and probably Deshaun Watson second, and he's going to have to throw them out of that. Yeah, and that sometimes that lends itself towards having more guys in the box, even to what I was saying about Deshaun and using his legs to run. That, unfortunately, um, brings more guys into the box, too, to stop Nick Chubb and Deshaun and or possible running plays in and around the line of scrimmage and stuff. So that's that's absolutely that's absolutely a part of it right there. That um, and when I had teams that were game plan specific and that were so extreme in their week to week game plans, in a way that didn't bother me because yes, I would script some generically neutral plays with multiple personnel groups and multiple motions and shifts to give them a dose of their own medicine early. So that typically causes um, MEs, mental mistakes for the defense and stuff. But typically those type teams within the first quarter, Nathan and Bo, boy, you're usually on top of what is their defense of the day? What is their personality today? What do they want to hold their hat on? I I guarantee you by 1.30 on Sunday, you'll have a flavor. We'll have a flavor for what Coach Lou has decided his defense of the day is going to be. I will have studied it, and we'll have game plan and specific plays and personnel groups, depending on do they want to do the three, rush three, spy, drop seven. Do they want to challenge and bring seven, seven guys and stuff I would go to church this upcoming weekend and pray for those type blisses. I, I don't see a steady, steady dose of those. <laughs> but the Cincinnati Bengals have done a um, half dozen cover zero blitzes a game. Every yep. game this year, I'd live for those blitzes. We want to eat those alive, look for those type of challenges or those type of opportunities to present challenges with their defense. So looking for the opportunities. There are plays now. Teams by December, it's real hard to trick them. So Coach Stefanski, Alex Van Pell, Chad O'Shea, our whole staff, they've done an impeccable job early in the year of game planning and figuring out what the defense is going to do. And they're going to be on it for that. So having a set of plays and whatever he decides to do, you have a pathway for how you want to attack it. Bernie, you know, their quarterback is pretty unflappable. Um, he was really cool customer in the fourth quarter against Kansas City, and yet we've had success against him. Um, has not beaten the Browns when Burrow's been the quarterback. He was asked today, what's the biggest difference between the Browns and everybody else? And he goes, well, it starts with the fact that they have Miles Garrett. What, what, are, what, are, what do you do with somebody who is as cool a customer as Burrow, and how do you hope Joe Woods tries to rattle him Sunday? Yeah, uh, I love I love Joe Burrow. I love how he's playing. I watched the end of the, the Kansas City game. God, the clutch third down throw with Jeez. the coolness, the way he sticks it in there on over the middle uh, with perfectness is really um, impressive to watch. Um, and also, unfortunately for us Browns fans, they are peaking again at the right time. I also, unfortunately, watched his post-game press conference and the eye of the tiger his eyes right now, the tone in his voice, they possibly are creating something very special in, in, in Cincinnati. So that if I'm a Bengals fan, I'm actually in, in a happy festive mode for where they are right right now from, from that perspective of it. But 
what I, I I really like what Joe Woods did against Houston last week, and I can't. I don't even want to put Houston and and Allen in, in the same breath as Cincinnati and, and, and Joe Burrow and stuff. But the way and, and Joe Burrow mentioned Miles Garrett, I bet you that's a direct reflection in the way that uh, Joe Woods had him moving around last week. You know, he was rushing from the left side. He was rushing from the right side. There were times in the Houston game where Miles Garrett was over the center rushing. So now yep. from the Bengals, and I'm preparation this week, guarantee you Monday's offensive game plan. Miles Garrett could be everywhere. He starts on the left. Start, he could be at the right end. There he is last week in the middle, over the center, over the guard. So the whole week will be pass protection for Joe Burrow talking about identifying Miles Garrett and sliding the line or whatever protection scheme they come up with towards him. That in itself, that's kind of cool because even me as a quarterback when I was playing, um, even though I would worry about Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, Bruce Smith, and guys like that, I wouldn't say it during the week. Um, I would compliment him and stuff. But, you know, so to know that he's thinking about it, to know that that's something in his mind is uh, is something that, uh, from a Browns perspective, I like. And also I love how uh, Chase was talking about Denzel Ward being the toughest defensive back that he's that uh, covers him in man-to-man defense. And Denzel almost had another pick last week on man coverage, cutting across and undercutting an over route. Um, last year's 99-yard touchdown return was was uh, absolutely a game-changing play early in that game. Those type of plays, those type of demons, I hope, end up staying in Joe Burrow's head for at least one more one more game to get us to 5-0 and against uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, it would be great, Burrow. Two turnovers in each of the last two games against the Browns. Miles is in his head because he's got a sack in five straight versus Cincinnati. One and a half in each of the last two games against Burrow personally. What's amazing is the Browns, they sacked Burrow five times, and they have in each of his last two starts against the Browns. But since that Week 8 game, he's only been sacked five times total in five games. There's something about styles make the fights. The Browns have had the answer so far. Uh, but, Bernie, wanted to ask you real quickly about Samaji Ryan. It feels like he has given them some juice out of the backfield in the pass game. And that's not to take anything away from Mixon, who had one of the best games you'll ever see, 211 total yards and five touchdowns against Carolina Week 9, and has been very good for his career against the Browns, 118 total yards a game. But it feels like P. Ryan scored three times out of the backfield, catching the ball against Pittsburgh, 155 total last week, a career high against Kansas City, that he's added something because in that first game, they checked it down to Mixon a lot, but we just gang tackled, vice tackled, and, and they didn't get anything. How does P. Ryan affect this game if he gets a lot of work again? Yeah, damn, Nathan, you're so spot on, I and mean, you're making my my Browns positiveness way worse because you're <laughs> saying that he's he's doing fantastic. And one of the flaws I think that Cincinnati he's done against us in their last couple games is they haven't run the ball enough. We've talked at length this year about our struggles defensively stopping the run. Um, I talked earlier in this segment about the first game, our two deep five under man coverage that we did um, uh, specifically against the Bengals last time. Um, we did that um, at least a handful of occasions, three to five times on third and two, three, four, and five in that Bengals game. Um, that lends itself 
to really they should not have been throwing the ball against that they should have been running a ball against that when they reflected and watched the game tape um, they probably checked themselves and, and made that mental note to them now that not running mixing as much that game now you have you know you have the other back Ryan running so good now you have another weapon that not only is he great outside um, outside running routes and stuff he's also a stout strong runner and stuff so I honestly think we we should expect is is um, a little more running out of them in those situations this game because they 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 failed throwing the ball to those top tier receivers in the first game. Bernie, you're the best, pal. Yes. Thanks for your time, buddy. This big game this week. You matter. Go Browns. Go Browns. The great Bernie Kozar. Yes, it is. A very big one. Nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns and twisted tea. Tastes just like real iced tea. You know why? It's made with real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing. 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and goal. Twisted tea, hard iced tea. Keep it twisted. We will meet the Bengals coming up next, or revisit them at least. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey, Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry. Enjoy life, not laundry. Tide Cleaners offering 30% off dry cleaning for the month of November. Just mention promo code BROWN. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location to you. Some exclusions may apply. Our second date with the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's one for you. How many, pop quiz for both of you, how many touchdowns of 40-plus yards does Jamar Chase have since being into the league? Oh, you probably have Touchdowns this season? No, no, no. Career. Oh, God. I don't know. the. I know Burrow since 2020 has 16 40-yard <laughs> touchdown passes. Chase has 11 receptions of 40 yards, but they're not all touchdowns. Yes, 11 receptions. Yeah, you have that right. Okay. Yeah, I knew you. you, 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 you boy, your board's ready. The board's well, the ready. Back, the back. The defense. back is ready, yeah. Yeah. From they school. are they are bombs over Baghdad. Oh yeah. Yeah, he he leads the league. Him and Burrow has 16 touchdowns. Him and Cooper Cup are tied with 11. Burrow yeah. 16 touchdowns of 40 or more yards. 16. That's a lot. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. They can And they, 20 wasn't even a full it. season for him. Yeah, it's true. He was done here. 21 here. was a full season. Yeah. And then this year, so that's basically eight a season. He's averaging one every two games basically, a 40-yard touchdown pass. Yeah bomb crazy yeah, he's good they're good and they're playing their best ball right now i'm gonna throw this out there give it to probably me. way off probably frowned upon i feel like the Bengals are winning in spite of their coach just like the Chargers. most people but down there the think Bengals that too have yeah. an extreme amount of talent most people think that too um I, i'm gonna give you the, i think what i think the big difference is the pff people definitely think that that they're that they're getting very little and schematic advantages. Um, I do think one thing is very different between them and the Chargers is their quarterback, and I don't know the Chargers situation as well as I know the Cincinnati one, the quarterback in Cincinnati believes in the coach. And so he takes the marching orders and is on with it. Like there's a very collaborative approach to it. 
is it getting the most out of Burrow and their talent? Most would argue no, not. But what he is asking them to do, they do execute it at a almost flawless level. And that's probably the yeah. difference between them and okay. the Chargers. But I don't think you're far off. Most people think that down there, too. Yep. No, well, and part of it's their 30th in play action passing, 16.8%, 28th in pre-snap motion, 41%. So that is, speaks to the lack of schematic advantage that's gained. They're now for the season 75% in shotgun, which is six. They're actually more in the 90s, though, after the first few weeks. The pre-snap motion, though, 41%, that is up since week eight. So they are yeah. starting to use that more to try to help out Joe Burrow. Burrow, since week three, 8-2, rating, first in the NFL in that time this year. He's second in completion percentage, second in yards, second in touchdowns, fifth in rating. Was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week last week. Where against Kansas City, 81% completions, 286 yards, two touchdowns, ran for 46, and a touchdown on the ground as well. And how about this, not to get anybody too scared, but Burrow in six games this year where he's had T. Higgins and Chase for the majority of a game, at least 30 offensive snaps each. They are 5-1. and one. The only loss was Week 2 to Dallas. Burrow, 305 yards per game, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 120 rating. Yeah, he good. Well, he, didn't, he did not have Chase last time against us. In fact, the Browns held Chase, Chase under 50 yards in both 2021 games, an interception on target to him. Pick six. He also lost a fumble in that game uh, as well. But T. Higgins has played great the last three. 19 catches, 297, and two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd, he has been scored in three of the last four against the Browns. In fact, his last touchdowns this year was against the Browns in week eight. Um, this is a talented team. Burrow it's very is sustainable, too. Very good. Yeah. You know, I mean, the receivers are all locked in. They're there. They're young. They can grow with Burrow. Um, they, they're able to kind of piecemeal it together on the defensive side of the ball, but everybody knows what they're doing. They're rowing in the same direction. Z, how many times when we do one of these meet or revisit the team, it, one thing that I always look at is where do they rank offensively, where do they rank defensively? And if they're in the top ten or around the top ten in both, they're usually a team who could win the Super Bowl. They're fifth in offense, twelfth in defense. Yeah, and I would say that their defense has been, by and large, better of late. Now, they did give up 30 in the win over the Steelers. 21, though, those were all blowouts. They basically had blanked Carolina. 16 to Tennessee, 24 against the Chiefs. That's pretty good. You know, the Browns scored a season-high 32 against them this year, the only team to, to get north of 30 points. The Steelers hit 30 exactly. It's a good defense, and getting D.J. Readers back has been helpful since he's returned to the fold for them. Uh, they are actually giving up just 3.6 yards per carry with him on the field, which would be top three in the NFL. Um, they are covering well. Von Bell's responsible for five turnovers. He's got four picks, which is tied for fourth in the league. Hendrickson and Hubbard, you know, they have a combined 11 and a half sacks, but Hendrickson is number two in the NFL in pressures. Um, what's interesting is those two have 11 and a half sacks. The rest of the team has seven and a half. So they're kind of a, a two horse pony, two horse uh, squad there. We're a mile squad. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody else has more than three on our team. He's got 10. Um, and leads the league with 52 pressures, according to Next Gen Stats. It's a good team. Solid special teams. McPherson is good. Huber's a solid punter. Um, they are their their young secondary is playing better than I think they would have thought initially. Uh, and now the Browns annihilated them, but they figured it out since then. As I said before, you know Amari Cooper is the last 100-yard receiver that they have allowed, and he went for a season-high 131. Nick Chubb is the only 100-yard rusher they've allowed. They have not allowed a 300-yard passer this year. They have not allowed a starting quarterback to throw for two touchdowns yeah. against them. Uh, you know, the only one that came was in a blowout where Baker relieved P.J. Walker. Sure. And I think P.J. Walker had like nine yards in the first half of that game. <laughs> right. Um, so they're they're very good. 
Styles make the fights just as they seem to have the number of Mahomes and the Chiefs. We seem to have their number. Will that continue? We'll see. He's obviously very cognizant of Miles Garrett as Joe Burrow. 0-4 career against the Browns. 68% completions, 309 yards per game, 8 touchdowns, 4 picks, and 93 rating. Three of those four picks in the last two games, coincidentally. Give me a point. Uh, I, I think the Bengals have switched punters. Huber's gone. Uh, Bengals sign Drew Chrisman off the team's practice squad. Former Buckeye. They waived Huber and then re-signed him today to their practice squad. Hmm. They have made some moves here in the last 24 hours with their punters. Huber, uh, I mean, he's played in a team record 216 games. He was waived on Monday, late day Monday. And then they just re-signed him to the practice squad, but they elevated the kid from Ohio State. And he's he's listed on their – still as their punter in their release. Yeah, Hmm. this is uh, December 7th at 9-10 this morning. Hmm. The the thing that that is – you know, Burrow has been a one-man culture tornado there. He's changed everything, the whole operation. Uh, It's very – I mean, without the, it's very similar to, you know, like when LeBron got to the Cavs or whatever. Like it's, it just yeah. changed outlook of ownership, approach of ownership, outlook of franchise, feeling of franchise. He's done all of it. And it's, it is interesting because when he has the ball in his hand late, you expect him to win. Uh, I felt that against Kansas City watching on Sunday thinking, well, he, I mean, he's going to get this first down. Even the third and 11, he put it in a, size of a needle i mean it was nothing to put it there was no it was perfect it was flawless as bernie said too and yet for whatever reason he's flappable by us now the thing that makes me a little uncomfortable about that is he knows that right so it's kind of something that my guess is they're pretty focused on down there to put an end to this run now maybe you just really have his number but they are certainly well aware that they have success against everybody including patrick mahomes three in a row and do not against the Browns. It's a wild thing. It is a wild thing, but if you're a Browns fan, it's a good thing. Now you've got to go ahead and and keep it going. Your season is very much on the line. Your ability to stay in the race in this division, your ability to stay in the, the playoff picture depends on you going down there and doing what you have done in 2020 in Cincinnati and 2021 in Cincinnati and, and hopefully this year, which is to go down to Cincinnati and get a win. It's going to be really critical that we emotionally stay within ourselves. And that we start quick because yes. that allows them to be like, yes, here we go again. Yeah. Miles can pin the ears back. They will abandon the run quickly. Yeah. Um, they, to your point, they've been better with Piran, but they will. They are quick to let's huck Chuck football at 52 times. They're not afraid to do that. Go ahead, Gibby. It, it, it's interesting because the Bengals, <clears throat> I think we talked about it yesterday. Their last five games are brutal. And – well, they got Buffalo and Baltimore they have to, to be close. At this. I mean, at New England, I'm sorry, home for us at Tampa, at New England, home for Buffalo, home for Baltimore. Right. I mean, they're tied with Baltimore for that top spot. Yeah. They've got a couple game lead on us and, and the Squealers. But you know, oh yeah, I, I this this game is very very important to them with everything they have coming up. I, I'll tell you right now, from their perspective, obviously they expect to beat us. They'll be favored in the game. Um, they expect to beat Tampa Bay. Don't they have Tampa Bay after that? Uh, or is it us, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay? 
It's us, then at Tampa, then at New England. Oh, New England. At New England. That's right. So they expect to win those three. And their expectation is they'll play Buffalo the second to last week for perhaps home field in the AFC. And then they would potentially play for the AFC North against Baltimore the following week. That's their that's the idea down there. And you understand it because of the way that they play and what they did a year ago. Yep. It's a full day, but the matchup has been good for us. There's no questioning that. Coming up next, one of the guys who's going to be key to this thing. You're going to need everything you got out of your secondary. Greg Newsom. He goes one on one with Z coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. And now here's Z, one-on-one with cornerback Greg Newsom. Greg, how did it feel to get back out there against the Texans and get back to doing what you love to do? Uh, it felt great. Um, I hate watching from the sidelines, obviously, and then having like a fluke injury on a Friday, um, it sucks being out. I'd rather have got, you know, obviously not hurt in the game, but rather had it been in the game than at practice. So um, it felt good to get back out there. You guys are starting to play on the back, and it feels like very good defense. And what do you think has kind of been the, the secret to that kind of gelling that you we're seeing now? Man, we just all realized, man, if we want to turn this thing around, we, we have no choice. Like, every every game is a must win, and, you know, we have to come together unless we want our season to just, you know, be thrown out the window. But obviously, you see the guys are fighting. We're fighting. Um, I feel like we're gelling great on defense. How was the film room for you? Oh, it was uh, – we didn't get to that play, thank God. Um, but um, it was a good window. Um, you know, a lot of laughter just because we played so well. Obviously, that was my first really one I got my hands on. But, you know, I think, um, I think one will be coming in the near future. No doubt. Was there a fine for that, though? Was that, did that fall into the fine category? Oh, that's a big fine. That's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a big fine. So, but, you know, you actually made a great break on the ball. You had a chance to get it. Maybe you would have gone to the house, I don't know. And then you look around your teammates, you say, oh, the ball just pops into the air and falls into John Johnson's left. Oh, the ball just falls into Denzel. He can walk for three yards for a second touchdown of the year. The first way he just fell on in the end zone. You're like, where's, where's the love for Greg? Exactly. You know, underdog mentality. I got to keep it that way. But yeah, I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have dove. I should have just stayed up on that one. I did like what you said though, because you were mic'd up this week, and you're a very good. I enjoy your mic'd ups. You said it's like I was home. I wasn't home. I couldn't sign for it. Now I gotta go. Get, I gotta go to the uh, the factory and get it. Yeah, I'm a big analogy guy. So you know, I think everything honestly happens for a reason. Um, and I think you know, I'm gonna make a big play coming up here soon. Well, this week would be a great one. We know that there was some talk in the past about this matchup. Now, Jamar Chasen playing the first one. You guys, season-low 13 points. Get some turnovers in that one. I know that you're excited about this one. They're at full strength. We're at full strength. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they have a great receiving corps over there. So, um, it's definitely going to be fun. But, like I said, in the previous matchup, I just feel like we have premium matchups on our side of the ball as well. So, um, it'll definitely be a lot of fun. For you, what's the challenge of in a base defense playing outside and then in a nickel defense sliding inside and having to prep for both of those in, in every single week? Yeah, I mean, it's just extra film study. Like, I got to really be on top of my stuff, you know, because most guys can just focus on, okay, on the outside, these are the routes I'm getting. Me, I got to focus on, you know, on the inside, these are the routes I'm getting. Um, I got to know what runs are coming. I got to know the pass concepts. So I kind of got to know 
really everything out there, um, knowing where I got to fit in the run and, and everything like that. So um, it's definitely a bit of a challenge, but, you know, obviously I think they put me in that position for a reason just because I'm capable of doing it all. Is that one thing that people maybe don't realize is that you're actually kind of in many cases an extra linebacker in the run game when you play the nickel. It's not just, oh, I'm going to chase around their quick little slot receivers. It means I've got to be a big-time contributor in the run game as well. Yeah, um, I think that's just something people don't know. You know, I feel like the outsiders kind of look at, you know, pass breakups and stats. But, um, you know, my job a lot of the time is I got to be in the run fit first, then get to the pass. So, you know, it's a lot going on in one play for me. But, you know, I enjoy it. Um, I'm around the ball a lot more. So um, I feel like I can make a, a few more plays out there. Absolutely. That big play's coming. There's no doubt in my mind. It's coming. It's coming soon. It's going to be glorious when it does happen. I want to ask you about the end of the game. It looked like you had a very nice embrace with Lovey Smith. What's that relationship and why is that special to you? Yeah, obviously, you know, Lovey co uh, coached at Illinois. Um, he's been recruiting me since high school. Obviously, I didn't go to Illinois. I went to Northwestern, so I was still able to play against him. And then when he got the nod back to the league, like, that's just somebody like that I just respect so much. Obviously, beloved Chicago's Chicago sure. Bears head coach, so I um, always followed him. And, you know, we just always – have a you know a ton of mutual respect for each other. That's awesome. That's one of the cool things about the league, right? And for somebody who gets recruited out of high school, you go to college, you play against them, then you see them down in the league and stuff like that. That's one of the neat things about the evolution of your development from high school phenom, college phenom to a pro. Yeah, I know. It's, it's great. You know, seeing some of those coaches that I've played in the Big Ten up in the next level and just seeing, you know, a lot of the same guys and things, it's, you know, it's a blessing and I, I really appreciate it. All right, what's the mood in this locker room right now, you guys? We know that, look, we've won two in a row, five and seven. Still a lot of work to do, still very little margin for error. But it feels like momentum-wise we're headed in a good direction. Oh, for sure. But, you know, we just all stay even killed, never get too high, never get too low. Obviously, we're on a two-game win streak, which is great. But, you know, we kind of forget about that stuff in the past because none of that matters anymore. Like I said, every game from now on is a must-win to get to the playoffs. So, you know, we're just focused on this week and, you know, focus at one play at a time. Why do you think you guys have had so much success against Burrow and the Bengals? Um, like I said, again, I think just like our strength and their strength, um, I feel like we match up very, very well with that team. Um, you know, I feel like our D-line, you know, does great against that team, linebackers and everything. So um, I just feel like we match up very well with them. And, you know, we also got to protect this, you know, the state of Ohio. So um, that's something we always look forward to doing. Well, they say styles make the fights, and it feels like our style matches up well with theirs, which is what you're saying there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Linebackers, you mentioned that. Awok goes down. Jacob Phillips goes down. Now Tak goes down, which brutal. Love that guy. He played great last time against the Bengals. 13 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble. How do we replace that? And then who's going to be kind of the voice now of that defense? Yeah, it's, it's super hard. You know, obviously losing Awok was super hard. Then you lose another vocal leader in Jacob. And now you lose another vocal leader in Taki. So, um, it's definitely not going to be easy at all. But, um, you know, I think John has been doing a great job. He's been the one with the green dot calling the plays for the last, you know, few weeks. So he's definitely that, you know, very big vocal guy out there. But, um, you know, we got a guy in Deion Jones who's played a bunch of football. So I think he's getting more comfortable. I think he was able to take more of a backseat and actually get to learn the entire defense. So um, I think he'll definitely take, you know, that next step for, the, for that linebacker core. Is this one where you guys really want to put on a show? Oh, for sure. I, I tell you, I, this is the game I schedule. I mean, I circle on the schedule every single year. Well, Greg, great to have you back. Looking forward to it. And I have, it's coming. That pick's coming, my friend. Stay at it, and uh, good luck on Sunday. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, if healthy, 
we're one of the few teams that can kind of hang with them corner to receiver. There aren't many. Yeah, not many. And that's no. what that's this team was built to deal with this Bengals passing attack, and then the speed at the linebacker position yeah. was to deal with Lamar Jackson. I yeah. mean, then you've played pretty well against them, and, and that you need to do it again this Sunday. Emerson's going to be ready. He'll be ready. That's fun. No doubt. Yeah. That's a fun. That's going to be a fun game. Still, so much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. And catch the Browns preview show tonight from seven to eight on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Defensive end Chase Winovich. And the voice, Jim Donovan, will join Ken and Gerard on the show tonight. I had someone on social ask me about uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. They were saying that their wife was having a hard time getting into it. They'd watched some of season one. and uh, it was a bit of, I, was, I said, what's well, my first time? I said, find I a new wife. And then I said, but then I said, you know what? I, I do think if memory serves that it did get off to a li- – it wasn't until the second or third se- – much like early Seinfeld, the secondary characters started to really pop in the second and third season. Third season's elite. Yeah, that's like Rich, like Richard Lewis, but, Funkhauser, like all that Susie, all that stuff starts to happen. Doesn't it come like down, right out of the there. gate with like the pants tent? Season one's good. Season two, it is, but if you, so is season one of Seinfeld. It's just, it's a much more compact show yeah, early. The world is expanded. The world's much yeah, smaller sure. early to where by the time you get to seasons two, three, and then three, it gets nuts. But once it's to that point, then you've got all like you know Jeff, you know his wife, you know the Funkhausers, you know all of this stuff, yeah. and so then when they pop in for something, you're happy, like oh here's an old friend I haven't seen for a while. So I think it'll come. You'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and if not, if you get through the first like three seasons, and it's not, it's time to evaluate. Reconsider things. everything. Yeah. I think. Yeah, you got to question everything. Yeah. It it the it did start. Do you remember they launched on a fake stand up special? Yeah, yeah. I watched that in real time when it aired, just it from the standpoint incredible. of that he was the creator of Seinfeld. I didn't know him from anything, but watched that episode. I'm like, well, he's not much of a stand up guy. And then, I, oh, this is what this whole operation is. But it was like a one hour of him doing that stand up special. It's great. Him and Jeff, they were the only ones in it, weren't it? Weren't they? Well, and they were like the guys from HBO that That's right. would carry on their roles and yeah. whatnot. Crazy. All right, the next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Belly Bet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.